Three, two, one, go. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Frat Chat. It is your co-host, Mikey Gianelli. And your other co-host, Carson McGregor. Back at it again for another week of fun, mayhem, and whatever the heck our minds bring us today. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's going uh, to be a fun one, I hope. They're all fun ones, you know? We, we've had three episodes up to this point, and they've all been a blast to do. So oh, I, I, yeah. I, I really hope on the listener end they're a blast to listen to. And even putting expectations on things, I don't like to do that. Because you, when you expect something, uh, I feel like chances are you're more likely to be disappointed if you come into something with ex- expectations. Yeah. So whatever today's episode is, sad, happy, funny, entertaining, boring as fuck, I, I, I doubt it'll be boring as fuck. I mean, you know who you're listening to. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of conceited as fuck too. But nah, you're listening to the uh, the two most interesting men in the world. We're like the Dosekis guys. <laughs> Yo, why do Dosekis taste like water? They taste more like more than water, more like water than Miller Lights themselves. All right, you're we're gonna have to disagree there. No, I, I like a Dosekis. I do like a Dosekis. They just taste like water. <laughs> Dude, you ever had a Michelob Ultra? Yeah, but no, I actually... Kind of. I don't recall the taste of it, though. Yeah, that... What were you going to say? That was the first beer I ever had, was a Michelob Ultra. Well, the first beer I ever remember having, because my dad <laughs> gave it to me when we were out fishing. I was with him and my uh, and my uncle, and he handed me a beer. I must have been like 13 or 14. And um, he handed it to me, and he was like, "Don't tell your mom." And I drank that <laughs> shit, and it tasted like piss, but it didn't taste that much like piss, because you know how when you're like a little little kid, and you're like, you want to taste your dad's beer, and he gives you a little yeah. sip of it, and you're like, "Oh, that's horrible," because he's drinking like a Sam Adams. Yeah. So you you just like that is way or Guinness. Yeah, he's drinking a Guinness or something. So you're like, oh. that is the worst. But then you know he gave me that beer, and I was like, all right, I can. I can see this. It's like, you know, bread soda, basically. <laughs> it makes you feel silly. And um, um, and ever since then, I've been an alcoholic. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that, what was worse to me than drinking a sip of your dad's beer or somebody's beer was a sip of wine. Because, like, you're like, you know, beer, it looks bubbly. It looks, you know, soda-y. But then you see the wine, like, as a kid, I had no fucking clue what to expect. It's a fucking red juice, right, that adults drink out of this fancy-ass glass. Yeah. Like, it's got to taste like something decent. And then you taste it, and then the vinegary devil's buttholeness of wine just hits your fucking tongue, and little six-year-old yourself, or myself, rather, is just like, ugh! You know? Yeah, no, I I really feel like uh, if you're going to be a wine drinker, you you got I mean everybody's got to start with white just cuz it's way easier to palate initially but once you really get into it you got to start drinking reds it's the same Those way people- it's the same way a beer drinker has to start drinking IPAs after a while and like those you know yeah. you know harder drafts because after a while you can just you know if you're a frequent beer drinker you could drink like a 30 rack of bush and that shit just it's it's nothing you just barely catch a buzz off the 30 rack. You're like, oh, I gotta go home. 
I gotta drive home in an hour. <laughs> yeah, be good. Gotta pick up the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I only had thirty. I'm fine. Now, if we had forty, then I gotta uh, take my license away. Then I might have to get an Uber. Yeah, I will say those people that can um, I don't know what their official name is, but you know those wine tasters. Fuck, do you know what that's called? Sommelier. Yeah, dude, they are impressive. They are really impressive. I disagree. I agree because <laughs> of course you do. You I said agree it. With what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like, I think I, I found. I think I sound pretty fucking smart right now. <laughs> the way they even sip their wine, it's kind of crazy. They're like, <laughs> but like they do this weird thing with their mouth, and then they can just like, you have you ever seen them just take one fucking sip and they're like, <laughs> and they're like, yep, uh, oaky taste, a uh, hint of citrus, uh, definitely woody earth. It's been in the barrel for fifteen years. Like what? Yeah, they're alcoholics. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's not impressive. Kinda. No, no, no. I've met sommeliers. Yeah, no, it's not. Imp- it's not an impressive skill. It's like you watch a chef taste food. He eats like everybody else. So when I see sommeliers doing that weird switch of the mouth thing, I'm like, you're 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 putting something on. You know, you're putting on a show so that everybody thinks you're Mr. Smarty Pants when really you just like to get fucked up like everybody else. But you're wearing a fucking tie, so everybody's supposed to act like, you know, you're a professional. <laughs> I met a sommelier one time. I work at a country club along with the glass store I work at. And they had a wine tasting. And I was serving wine with this one chick. And, uh, I mean, she had, she had an ex-husband. She had some kids. I... She didn't give me the alcoholic vibes, nor did she tell me she was, nor did she act like she was. But well, yeah, you got to be a functioning alky to be a sommelier. Yeah, it, I mean, I see. I look at sommeliers the same way I look at psychics because psychics aren't real. I mean, it, obviously, <laughs> like they're not doing anything real because you can't talk to dead people. Uh, if you could talk to dead people, there'd be way much, way more research being done about it. Um, so they're 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 just putting on a show. But people go to psychics and they're like, oh, my God, they they got into my psyche. It's like, no, they they played a little, you know, mental game with you by, you know, saying the right words that they know most people would have a reaction to. Is I think you, the sommeliers do the same thing because there's been tests done on sommeliers. No. Where, yeah, they, there's been tests done where they, they take a guy, they, they take a sommelier wine taster and they give him a couple different glasses of wine, a couple of them cheap, a couple of them expensive. But they give them misinformation about them. They're like, this one is a, you know, 94 Chateau. It's like one of the rarest wines in the world. And it's a fucking glass of barefoot. And they give it to the guy and he drinks it. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I can really taste the dark, like these amazingly deep flavors. And then they, you know, they they make them look like dummies because they're dummies. I have to disagree. Because it takes a long time. Like... People don't fuck around and just say, I want to become a sommelier. Like, you got to fucking train. You have to spend years of your life doing this shit. Like, big years. Oh, man. you Tasting got, wine you and got, traveling. Yeah, you got to taste wine and, and travel. School. Oh, what and a backbreaker. What? A- <laughs> aye, aye, aye. I mean, yeah, you can. Well, like, I, mean, I guess I'm never. They, they get to I'm vacation. I'm never going to change your opinion about sommelier. No, they get to live a vacation their whole lives, and I'm supposed to act like they're some type of you know, professional with skills. It's like, no, you've just spend your life being a goof off 
but you wear nice. Half of them don't even drink their wine. They spit it out. Oh, they drink it. No. <laughs> oh, they drink it when you're not looking. At the wine testing, though. When, they, the when you're testing, not looking. They get fucked up. Yeah, that's what they do. They big fucked up. <laughs> Yo, so circa 2009, 2010. I was like 9, 10 years old, right? Right. It was like Christmas. And me and my dad were about to pull a prank on my grandma. Or we were trying to. So my dad had, had an empty beer bottle. And I was like, Dad, like, let's, let's put some apple juice in the beer bottle and, uh, and freak out grandma. And so I get a full fucking beer bottle full of apple juice. And I walk up to my grandma with my dad. I'm like, Grandma, look. And I literally throw this thing back and chug as much as I can, as fast as I can. And she's over here freaking out. She's like, Mikey, what are you doing? Your mommy's going to be mad. And me and my dad are just geeking so hard. And then she's just looking at my, me and my dad like, what are you doing, Pat? And then we're just laughing. And like, Grandma, it's beer. All right, no, I mean, not it's beer. It's, it's apple juice. <laughs> that would be funny. Grandma, it's beer. I mean, don't be a pussy. It's not like I'm drinking Jack. <laughs> yeah. Grandma, it's a fucking Miller. Grandma, I'm, 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 I'm nine. I mean, give me a fucking break. Point, 0.3% a, or 3% ABV. Come on, Grandma. You know, the third grade is a lot tougher these days. You know? You... <laughs> 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 yo, yo, I don't <laughs> You ever see like memes of like <laughs> people just like saying like I don't know why but in elementary school like 6 times 6 equals 36 just hit different. <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I if you had to have an answer, what would your favorite multiplication equation be? Simple one, up to 12. Is that a real question? Yeah. <laughs> is this what we were talking about? Yeah, like yeah, that guy liked his. You know, you you a, you asked me off mic if we need notes for this show, and I said no. Let's just talk about whatever comes to mind. And I'm starting to reconsider. <laughs> I like because now we're having multiplication times, conversation. What the fuck is this? Eight times seven, fifty-six. That's a good one. I guess. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about right now. It's just numbers. It's just multiplication. It's just the times tables. Your favorite, your favorite equation from the times tables when you were in elementary school. Uh, I guess you don't have one. I mean, probably seven times seven just because I knew what the answer was all the time. That's a good one, though. 49? I just knew what the answer it's, was. It's like, where did the four and the nine come from, man? What numbers, man? Science. Magnets. Do you get that reference? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm very disturbed by your by your level of intrigue over this. I thought it was hilarious. I saw that shit. And I was just like, "Why is someone thinking these timetables are funny?" I mean, that is a funny meme because it's just it's a, it's absurd. I know people definitely have favorite numbers like that. May, uh, do they? Is that real? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. That seems that seems silly. Seven plus seven was pretty cool when I was even younger. <laughs> what? I okay. I I honestly think that the listening audience right now is just scratching their heads, being like, "What the fuck is Mikey talking about right now?" But I I might be wrong. They might just be like, "Dude, like I've never heard anybody say that." But my favorite multiplication equation is this. I I just don't really. Uh, I I really don't understand what you're going for here. <laughs> I know, I know some people who are listening right now that would, that are shouting their answer out. 
And I'm very, I'm pretty sure they'd message me over Snapchat after this episode and be like, mine's seven times five. So yeah. If you're mess- if you're listening now, Snapchat me at Mikey M I K E Y underscore L O R E N Z O Mikey underscore Lorenzo on Snapchat. Tell me your favorite multiplication thing. Yeah. All right. Nice, nice way to sneak in your social media. Thank you. <laughs> like all the people listening don't already have you on Snapchat. What if Kanye West listens and he wants my Snapchat? That's a good point. That's a what good if point. Joe Rogan's listening and he's like, "Damn, I love these fuckers." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, eight times eight is my favorite too. <laughs> if Joe Rogan was listening to this right now, I, uh, I, I don't know, man. That seems that seems like a waste of his time. We don't know what Joe Rogan's doing. Yeah, probably probably working out and fucking his wife. Seems like that's you, what he does all day. You know, someone told me I forget who it was, but they were telling me about Seth Rogan and his pottery on Instagram. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I literally went on this guy's Instagram. His fucking Instagram is full of just him doing pottery, and I actually love it. He's got some nice stuff. Have you seen it? Yeah, you've, I, I think you've showed me that before. Unless you were the one to tell me about it. No, I, I certainly wasn't. I, I think a lot of celebrities kind of get into that position where, you know, they've been making movies or music so long that they... They still have artist. They still have creative energy, but they're kind of in the Hollywood uh, machine. So anything that they make, somebody expects to make money off of it. You know, you got twenty people attached uh, that are like, "I'm you're paying my rent with this right now, so I, this better turn out good." So they got to use that, you know, leftover residual creative energy on something. That's why James Franco. That's why I mean, he paints. Uh, and- Imagine that pressure. No, that is that is a crazy amount of pressure. That's pressure that doesn't get talked about um, it, when it comes to celebrities. It's when it when you get to a certain level of celebrity, there's at least fifty people, like not even riding your coattails in the way of using you. It's just fifty people that are in your circle that are like, dude, if if this guy goes down, I'm done. I don't know how I'm gonna you know pay for my kids' college because this. This guy is what I'm banking all of my energy on. I'm running his social media. It, now, that is a skill, being able to run somebody's social media, but having a connection like that gets it so that you, you can, you're can you running the social media of a celebrity, which is a much more high-paying gig than you know running the so- social media for a local news station, right? So, yeah. you, and, and people orient their financial lives around what they're making rather than you know trying to live modestly and save up money that's just how it works so yeah i think every every big time celebrity's got a you know a pretty wide circle of at least 20 people that are that are that have kind of put all their chips on one uh on one space they're straight up just like making their money off of them the celebrity Mm -hmm. dependent yeah that's something crazy i never thought of fuck I mean, there is that level of high school buddies, right? Like that—that that happens a lot with athletes, where they got a bunch of high school buddies in their circle, and uh, and they're like, "Oh man, I need somebody to work security for me." Uh, so I'm just gonna get you know my buddies off the high school team that didn't make it, like, and they're and they're dummies, so they're not gonna be able to do anything else. 
Realistically, like, that's what I want to do, though, is, like, if when I, if and when I become successful, I want to bring up the people that were with me, that actually, actually want to be with me still, too. Well, yeah, I, like, I, I, but I, I feel like there is a fine line you got to toe there, where it's not like, I'm just bringing up this guy because he's my buddy. Like, I'm bringing up this guy because he's my buddy, and I feel like he has talents that could benefit me and, um, and others in my space. Yeah, that's a big part. Yeah, because if you yeah, if you I mean, just yeah, if you just retire, bring somebody up just to bring them up, then all they're gonna do is become a leech at that point. Not even intentionally. It's not because they're they're trying to be a leech. It's just they don't have anything to offer you, so they're kind of just siphoning money just to, just because that's how they're staying alive. And with the oh, you're a mailman. You can be my chef now. <laughs> 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 man this is mac and cheese great this is the fifth night we've had hamburger helper what the fuck is this <laughs> oh my goodness you worked for ups Yo. man you should know how to cook some shit <laughs> speaking of celebrities and shit have you heard do you remember bad baby yeah the danielle yeah, Bergoli, yeah. the catch me outside how about that yeah of course did you did you hear she's in rehab now yeah which i think is good for fucking her no, yeah, it's it's a good thing if she needs it for sure. Thank Jesus. I'm not thank Jesus, but I mean, I mean that in the most genuine sense. Like if she, like she's a little seventeen, sixteen year old, or she was, you know, she's young. She's seventeen now, and she's already talking about all this shit in her music. You know, doing this drug, doing that drug. She's got tattoos up and down her fucking body, and I'm I'm sure you can do that with that level of success from that young of an age too. You know, but. I'm just glad to see somebody take their life in their hand, hopefully, and recover. Yeah, especially it's, someone like that. It's really kind of a uh, a dirty thing making somebody famous when they're that young. Oh, they're so susceptible. Uh, I mean, it's a bad shit. And the Reese Wither the Reese uh, Witherspoon story is probably the most uh, prominent example I can think of of somebody that was brought into this Hollywood game young and because of it, she became uh, just a, a crazy alcoholic drug addict. Oh dude, if it's not Reese Witherspoon, I'm going to feel like a dummy, but I'm pretty sure it is. It's either Reese Witherspoon or uh, a, a woman she did a movie with. And that's why oh, I'm thinking boy. of her name, but it, it's somebody like that who was, you know, in commercials as like a six year old and doing movies when she was like 11, you know? Let's talk about Macaulay Culkin for fucking... Yeah, and, and Macaulay, uh, what I like about Macaulay is that after all that stuff, you know, he had his own personal troubles, uh, you know, with drugs and with uh, just the life of being a child movie star. And these days, he's super low-key, super off the grid, doesn't want any of the attention, and he's just making his own art, like his own abstract, independent art. Because that's what makes him happy. He's got he's got enough money to, you know, last him for the rest of his life. Those Home Alone residuals are crazy. It's in the top ten of highest grossing movies ever made. Ever? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It's like number. It was like until pretty recently, it was like number three of like highest does earning movies make, ever. It still does. It still can it still is it does it still make money through TV? That's probably a stupid question. Yes. Yes, it does. I mean, so Macaulay Culkin gets growing. a check in the mail every time that plays on stars, every time that plays on, you know, 
AMC. That's so crazy. Because those movies, like something like Home Alone, you watch that shit every year. America watches that every year. <laughs> well, that's the benefit of doing. The a, that's the benefit of doing a Christmas movie as a celebrity. You know, you, you you'd think looking from the outside in, like oh, that's a dumb idea because that's that's not going to have any staying power. Yeah, but that's what I'm thinking. Honestly, but if it becomes a you know a classic Christmas movie for the as, as long as people that stays relevant in people's brains, which could be for like fifty years. <laughs> Look at fucking the Christmas story. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a perfect I watch example. That shit every year, every year I watch that shit. It's a good movie. I'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> shoot your eye out, kid. That's a good so one. He did set him. A, he set himself up. What do you know? What is with the Michael Jackson controversy in him? It's just he slept with children, and Macaulay Culkin supposedly being one of them. Uh. No, the Macaulay Culkin was on Corey Feldman has busted. This is the reason. uh, Well, no, no. Corey Feldman isn't the reason. Corey Feldman is trying to do a whole expose on pedophilia in Hollywood. Right. And Michael Jackson is a big talking point there because but when you ask guys like Corey Feldman or Macaulay Culkin, did Michael Jackson ever do anything to you? They say no. And they, they stand by that. They're like, dead ass. Like, he never did anything to me. I tell I would tell you if he did. Um, and that was kind of the, you know, the thing that kept Michael's reputation alive for a long time was those testimonies. Because, honestly, he probably didn't do anything with those, with those kids. Um, what he would do is he would take kids that weren't famous and were sick, like had cancer, right? Like the, yeah. a kid that had cancer, that his make a wish was to meet Michael Jackson, and that's who he would do it to. What? Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, no, my Michael was a monster. He was also a comp- an incredibly troubled soul, but he was a monster. That's why. That's really fucking why. Yeah. No, dude, you gotta. You got to listen to Corey Feldman talk about this pedophilia shit in Hollywood because it it, it blew my mind when I heard him on radio uh, opening that shit back up because his point on the whole thing was that pedophilia is the most rampant crime Uh, in the film and entertainment industry and nobody talks about it. I'm not super surprised because I felt like I've heard things like that and a lot of fucked up shit. Like I've probably seen a Shane Dawson like <laughs> uh, I've probably seen a Shane Dawson like one of those his conspiracy documentary things about pedophilia in Hollywood. Well, because what Corey said is everybody think you know everybody thinks of the Weinstein stuff about how you know women are taken advantage of in Hollywood, which it does happen. Certainly, it does happen. But his point was, you know, women are still grown women for the most part. They can make their own decisions and they can. Like if if they don't want to go up to some guy's room, they don't have to go up to some guy's room unless he's physically forcing them to. Now that doesn't mean that they they don't get to some place thinking that's thinking that the situation was different, and then they get taken advantage of, or they get taken advantage of because their career gets held over their head. That those are the things that happen to women in Hollywood that are that are fucked up. But with kids, what happens is you have a kid on set who's trying to be his parents are trying to 
get him to be a famous kid actor, right? A Disney kid. Yeah. And it's usually not the director. It's usually not the, the, the other stars. It's like a lighting guy, right? And he'll abuse that kid. And the parents, like the kid will tell the parents, the parents will go to the head of the company and they're like, look, you, this is what my, our child told us. We're going to have to file charges against this guy, this lighting guy. And the director or the studio will go, okay, no, absolutely. If that happened, that's what you need to do. But just know that if you do that, we're going to have to put this project on hold. And everybody involved in this project is going to be out of work. And more than likely, your kid is never going to be able to work again in this industry. Wow. They, they, they give the option of, oh, yeah, we, we care. We want, you, we want this to be resolved. But they don't. They, they intentionally strong arm these parents into staying silent. That's scary. Very scary. That's fucked up and scary. Now, that's not a confirmed Shit. thing. That's just what I Corey mean, Feldman sense. said on the radio. But it, no, it makes a, a, a thousand percent sense. Yeah. Perfect sense. Oh, that's disgusting. Fuck that. I fuck people that are. Stand by that. Uh, that let that happen in Hollywood or anywhere. I mean, fuck. Did you see that thing about the president? With the with the kid or whatever and Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, I think I read it. It was like a yeah 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 yeah. Is it? What wh- what's up with that? It it's old charges that um against Trump against, and Epstein against Donald fucking Trump against the president of the United States. How do you even yeah? How can you even be charged? How can you be in that position, and yet still be able to be charged with that? Like, how has that just? happened in your past well because he was never formally uh, indicted it, i mean i don't know exactly how the legality of it works but you know trump has a long history of sketchy stuff happening in his past and covering it up with money i could see that happening easily i could see why it's been so long since why i can see why this is just coming up right now and Honestly, honestly, authorities don't want to charge billionaires with any crimes. That's why Epstein got away with what he got away with for so long. It wasn't that there wasn't witnesses. He wasn't just killing a bunch of, you know, people he did terrible things to. Uh, it was either that they were forced into silence by his threats or the authorities kind of let it slide because there's nothing they can do. Or, quote-unquote, there's nothing they can do. That's what they would tell a family. There's nothing we can do. When in reality, it's because the businessmen in this country own the politicians in this country. And in turn, that allows them to own the justice system. That's corrupt. No, it's just, it's complete corruption that just goes on every single day. Imagine being a victim, though, and you really can't do anything. Like, that's some hopelessness right there. Yeah, isn't it crazy that the the thing you can do that will provide the most justice is like make a HBO documentary? That's that that's what you have to wow. do. That you have to come out and make a public statement that gets eyeballs 
or else nothing's going to happen. So that's why that ha- this that happens so much. And these these you know horrifying stories get tor- turned into documentaries and stuff is because they they can't figure out a way to take care of it legally because they don't have the financial resources or the support. So they have to go on TV and say, "This is what happened to me, and I need help." Wow. I, I mean, at least that can be done. That just seems like such a. Uh, it just seems like that shouldn't be the way to make things right. No, it's not because then you got a, another uh, subgroup of people that will make a documentary mm-hmm. about somebody accusing them of crimes when they didn't do it and it's basically like this kangaroo court of public opinion where people will say this guy needs to be thrown in prison this guy is a this guy is the worst and that guy never really did anything they just made a compelling documentary let's take tiger king for example yeah i I think joe exotic really did some terrible shit (laughs) yeah I mean, yeah, no, he did. I'm sure he did some fucked up shit too, and he's definitely serving time. That's not really probably. That's not probably going to get shortened. But the everybody else in that docu, they made everybody look like a shady ass character, which I'm not saying they aren't. But uh, but I don't. I don't believe for a second that everybody that they had in that documentary is a criminal in their own sense. I don't believe that. I, I think that you know, Joe is. A criminal. He did some horrible things. He sold. He sold tigers. He sold a lot of tigers. He probably killed tigers. Yeah, I'm no. Sure all of he definitely killed tigers. Killed tigers. He definitely. Killed I'm tigers. sure all of them killed tigers. Yeah, I just don't know why though. Like that's what I don't understand. Is why would you kill a tiger? Because there you are run out of space. Well, um, you run out of space. I mean, each tiger is an investment that makes money. Yeah. Like not, I mean, they take money because they they yeah, require they a, lot a lot to feed and to take care of. But if you run a successful business, like the other, like Doc Antle, for example, that guy Doc Antle, they made him look like a complete creep. Um, which I don't know the guy. <laughs> I don't know if he is or he isn't. But uh, I don't. I mean, just the way the documentary showed it, where they they didn't show any real evidence of anything. They didn't really. All, all they did was kind of use the proper cuts and clips to make him look a certain way. I think that guy is honestly just trying to run a fucking zoo. That I think when they interviewed that one chick that was a part of them and then left, I think that was some great insight on the inside of what goes on there because like he was saying, Oh, Doc controlled what we wore, what we did this or what we ate. And it's just like, whoa. I mean, like, maybe they willingly accepted to do all that, but, like, it seemed pretty culty. It seemed pretty... I mean, and maybe that's just... That's what... Yeah, but it's also just, one person's word against so many other people's words. And I'm not saying she's she's lying or that she's wrong. I'm just saying that there is so much room for doubt in his particular case. Like, there... In hindsight, you know, they've interviewed... They've re-interviewed a lot of the cast of Tiger King and most yes. most of them have come to the conclusion outside of it that yeah Joe Exotic should be in jail like they actually thought yeah. that the that the initial documentary made him look too much like a favorable person 
when in reality he probably should be in jail. But I haven't heard that. They they kind of do that with everybody, like the Carol Baskin thing. I don't know if Carol Baskin killed her husband, but neither do these documentary fucking filmmakers. They don't know. They 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 really don't even have any evidence. But they, they painted some evidence nicely. I will say that. I mean, no, they they paint. Yeah, no, they painted something to make a compelling documentary. But that is the danger of a documentary is that say Carol Baskin didn't kill her husband. Now everybody thinks she did for the That's rest of her life. Up. No, no trial, no jury, but the court of public opinion is dangerous. And if you did get you- people's opinions to lean a certain way in a, in like that can be so dangerous. Did you see that her, they, I saw in an article it said that the uh, will was actually forged. That what was that? The will was forged. Ah, isn't that fucked up? I mean, ma- I need to. I need more than one source, though. I need to yeah, exactly. check its credibility. But like, exactly. I I say I saw it on the news because I saw it on I was at work and I saw it on like I opened up Internet Explorer and it was on like the home news page of it and I was like, oh shit. See, Carol, here, here's the thing though. Going down. Here's the thing though. Forging a will is is super illegal, and yeah, she. There's a lot of things that they've painted her to have done. That if the police actually did any investigative work, they would have found out and they would have prosecuted her. But she's never even been prosecuted for any of these things. So that kind of makes me lean to the side of, yeah, you really don't got a whole lot. You got some circumstantial shit. Uh, you know, and, and, and people like to play that card the other direction all the time, where if somebody like it looks like they committed a murder, like, but people are like, think they're a favorable person. You know, they they've seen clips of them and they're like, oh, that person seems funny or cool. I like them. They'll they'll be like, all that evidence is circumstantial. All that evidence. You don't know. That's not concrete. But because Carol Baskin seems like a fucking creep. A complete creep job. Everybody's like, "Yeah, she killed her husband." Like, you they want the piece to fit the puzzle. Exactly. Nobody knows, but everybody really thinks they know. That that's the danger of the public opinion thing is you get all these skewed facts and biased reports, and then everybody just makes their solid opinions. Like, I don't, I don't have an opinion on Carol Baskin because I don't know her and I don't know any of the the, the evidence directly. That would just be wild. If all this time, you know, she's finally, she's trying to get away from murdering her husband, and she finally gets this guy, Joe Exotic, who's been following her around for fucking years into jail, and then, oh, there's this documentary crew that's gonna help me prove that I didn't murder my husband. I don't know if she thought that when they were doing that, but imagine if she actually did kill her husband, and she went through all that, only to get exposed on a national level to Netflix, and then eventually incarcerated because she did kill her husband. I bet she's shitting her pants right now. No, I don't. <laughs> I know. I think she's scared because I think she, like, whether she did or she didn't, she knows that people think she did. So that's a horrible thing to carry around. I would. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, it's like OJ. Like OJ. Like I mean, it's pretty clear OJ did that shit. But at least people like OJ more than fucking. <laughs> I I don't know about that. I think people are pretty. I mean, if if any. Anybody that, if you saw OJ, like, just walking down the street, you'd, you'd walk the other way. You'd be like, I don't want to get near that guy. 
<laughs> I mean, he's 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 a murderer that's just walking the street. I was gonna streets. say that's racist, but that was just such a stupid joke to say. <laughs> that's not even a joke. That's fucked up. I'm sorry, guys. No, he. I I did read a thing because here's another case of bias facts. I did read a thing that convinced me for like a week that OJ was that innocent and that his son committed the murders and he was? and he kind of <laughs> threw himself onto the fire to cover it up so that his son wouldn't get um investigated. Interesting. Yeah, and I I believed it for like a week and then I was like and then I it kind of hit me. I didn't even read anything contradicting it. I it just kind of hit me. I was like really <laughs> like you think that's what, what happened just cuz you read one thing online that had all these again circumstantial facts was um was there something yeah no piece of information that caught your mind or eye particularly that really caught you got you on the belief that his son did it yeah it was a i mean there was a lot of things about how, how his son was violent his son was like known to be violent and known to use knives in fits of violence oh my god uh like he he had a, a prior charge that eventually got you know because oj is who he was who he was he was a you know famous guy very rich um but his son had a charge against him for i believe attacking his sister with a uh with a knife um and it, I, I can't i, I can't exactly what? recall every every piece of evidence that they so, like so-called evidence that they brought to the to the for- forefront but yeah None of it was was concrete enough to say like, oh yeah, he did it. It's it's the same, you know. It's just me reading shit on the internet off a site that maybe they just maybe he did have an anger problem, but they've cherry picked so much that it, they've just made it seem like, oh yeah, he's just like a a knife wielding maniac. Like when when in reality, you know, he just probably had some sort of uh, uh some sort of bipolar. Uh, so he attacked his sister with a knife? I don't know if it was his sister, now that I'm saying it out loud, but he did attack somebody with a knife. That's wild. Yeah. Oof. 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 That is also a big jump to legitimately murdering two people and slitting their throats to the point where they're almost decapitated. Yeah. Definitely a big jump. Hey, what is Jeff? what did Jeffrey Epstein do? Or how do you say it? whatever his last name is? <laughs> what did he do? What didn't he do? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I mean, how did he get his money? How did he get his money? How is he? Ri- why is he rich? How uh, is he rich? Fuck, I forget. You know? I totally forget. I don't know. I, he, Damn it, Carson. He he owned he owned something in. Now I gotta look it up. Yeah. But him and Trump are homies. Yeah. No, they were uh, they were known to be friends, but I mean. That again, that's some more circumstantial shit where it's like, yeah, there's photos of them together and there's accounts of them hanging out, but it is a tight knit circle of guys with that much money. You kind of, yeah, the rich anybody that hangs out with people that are at their level, like if that's why celebrities hang out with other celebrities because they're like, you get it, you get what my lifestyle is like. Yeah, there are not many that could relate. There's definitely not that many people with that much money up in their circle. Or there's definitely not that many people in that circle, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, very tight-knit circle. I mean, that, but that's the problem with people, is that we, we gravitate to others in our position. So that if you're, so people with a position of power, 
they often gravitate to other people in positions of power, other, you know, wealthy business owners or uh, politicians or whatever. And that's dangerous because once you get a group of all the people controlling everything behind closed doors, they can kind of hash it out and be like, hey, we own everything. So let's make sure we can (laughs) let's make sure we keep it that way, fellas. That's probably how it is right now. Well, that definitely is how it is right now. Maybe. Dude, if you don't know uh, about Bohemian Grove, that seems right up your alley. Do you know about Bohemian Grove? No. That sounds like something up my alley, even though I don't even know what it is. It is a... uh, I Actually, I originally heard about it from an Ab Soul song uh, (laughs) called Bohemian Grove. Uh, cause he said, um, you got me harder than sneaking a bitch into Bohemian Grove. What? Because it's, cause there's no women allowed at Bohemian Grove. So you got me harder than sneaking a bitch in Bohemian Grove. And so it's a place. It's a place. It's a, uh, it's a meeting that happens annually with the most powerful men in the world. And I, I say men because it is all men. Um, it's just, it's an, it's a fraternal organization and it's powerful businessmen, politicians, every, uh, I don't know about Obama, but, uh, basically every president, uh, up until, you know, W, uh, George W. Bush attended these meetings. Um, really? and yeah, it's just powerful businessmen and political leaders and nobody knows what goes on there. Do they like burn a big thing? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard of this. I think I have heard of this. They, they, well, they don't burn. They have a, a big, well, I, they might burn it. Seance. Uh, they, they have a big fi- bonfire in front of, I f- shit you not, a giant wooden statue of an owl. Um, like if that's wait. not some cult shit, I don't know what it is. Isn't there an owl on a dollar bill? Not that that has any coincidences, but like, no, well, I guess it does. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident that there is not an owl on the dollar bill. Pretty sure there is. This is a twenty dollar bill. I swear there used to be like an owl in the top corner. Uh, maybe Am I, I tripping? I think you're tripping. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about at all. Well, I'm not rich enough to have twenty dollars on me right now. But wait, I got. I, hang on, I got twenty dollars. Do you know that effect? What it do? You, what was that called? When you think something in your childhood was one way, but it's actually the other, like the. Like it's a it's seen on the Berenstein Bears. Like people think it was spelt like E I N or whatever yeah. back in the day. And do you remember? Do you know what that effect's called? Um, no, I don't. I, I suppose it's probably something similar to uh, to deja vu. That's literally what I was thinking too. But um, I mean it has similar effects, but I just don't know the name off the top of my head, nor any other examples except that twenty dollar bill. Because I really do feel like there was a fucking owl on the top of it. I mean, I'm I'm looking at a $20 bill right now, and I see no owls. Well. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Damn it. Your theory is debunked. Oh, man. Myth busted. Myth to busted. next week. <laughs> I love that fucking show. Or I did love it. Dude, that's a great show. <laughs> Why do I wish they were secretly gay lovers? Or not even secretly, but like openly gay lovers. I mean, that would be cool. I think that would make the dynamic better. Not that that makes any much difference, but if they were in a relationship, 
I mean, yeah, like they kind of got a Bert and Ernie thing going on. <laughs> oh my goodness! You know, one of them's just like the oh, I'm angry, Mister Scientist, and then the other one's like, hey, everybody, <laughs> who wants a hug? <laughs> Bert, oh Bert and Ernie are gay for sure. SpongeBob. Yeah, SpongeBob's not gay. No one said he was. Yeah, exactly. But no, they are. Everybody on the internet is like SpongeBob's gay. Like, well, like everyone's saying Nickelodeon's that. confirmed it. It's like they totally didn't. Well, doesn't yeah, matter yeah, either like, way. It really doesn't. Picture. Yeah, it doesn't. I've been seeing a hell of memes with SpongeBob though, and I'm like, oh, we've always known he's gay. Just like funny ass pictures of him. Like, oh my god, the the one episode where him and Patrick raise a clam, or they're wrestling, they're fighting against each other, and they're both wearing each other's. Skin color as their underwear. I love that shit. But yeah, they never confirmed it. They just had the picture of him in the rainbow and saying, like, Happy Pride Month. So I don't know why the internet went so crazy as to assuming that SpongeBob is gay. Because the internet likes to go crazy. But I'm with it if he is gay. Yeah, no, I just... uh I mean, the first article you click on, if you Google, is Spongebob gay, it shows the quote from Steven Hillenberg, who created yeah, the damn 2000. show. Yeah, but he, he's Dude. the creator of the show. Was he still creating? Uh, yeah, I... What? Is he still out? Is he still, like, part of it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I don't think he would just leave. But he... I mean, he he created the characters. I feel like opinions could change, though. Like, but it's not an opinion. It's how it's how he designed them to be, and he, uh, and he's straight up said. I mean, it, you say in two thousand, like it's like, oh, he probably couldn't have said they were gay in two thousand. No, but, no. But they, I mean, well, yeah. His point on it was incredibly progressive. He was like, no, the show was designed to be inclusive. Um, I see them more as like asexual beings. They don't really have a sexuality. Uh, I did see that. They just, you know, it's just funny, silly shit. And, I mean, it, again, it doesn't matter um, what the sexuality of a cartoon character is. It's just, like, it's like the most irrelevant shit in the world. But Much less a cartoon sponge. Exactly, much less a cartoon <laughs> sponge. And also, gay marriage is illegal in Bikini Bottom. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's that's why Plankton and Mr. Krabs could never tie the knot. <laughs> that's why they're enemies. They gotta make it look like on the outside that they hate each other. They they're off they're off the fucking bikini bottom yeah. law enforcement radar jurisdiction radar. They they're under the radar at that point. Oh yeah, no no. Mr. Krabs is all up in his chum bucket. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Heyo. <laughs> oh my god. Ew. <laughs> Dude, that's a great line. If you ever want to, like, fuck a guy in his butt, you'd be like, oh, let me get that chum bucket. <laughs> I'm going to text that to my soon-to-be roommate soon, because he's always on texting me on some bussy shit. We <laughs> 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 get all up with that chum bucket, bro. That's all close enough to cum bucket. Yeah, like, one autocorrect mistake, and you might actually be having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I didn't know you felt this way. And you're like, wait, no, it was a joke, but maybe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, 
I'm glad that SpongeBob is though, and like people, I I I was hearing some people like even getting mad at the fact that he was on that post, and even if he is just an ally, they said he they said he might be an ally, which you do you know you know what an ally is in the LGBTQ community, so someone that supports it. No, I'm 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 Patrick Starr. I've been under a fucking rock. Yeah, I know what an oh. ally is. What a shame. No, I, I mean, again, it's Nickelodeon, a company, trying to move with the times. I'm sure Nickelodeon is, like, on a marketing level, is run by fucking, uh, by by free thinking liberals. Uh, and you know, it's it's a children's network that creates silly content. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's a corporate move at the end of the day. Everything a corporation does like that is a corporate move. Like if Dairy Queen comes out and says Happy Pride Month, it's not because they care about gay people. It's not because they're like, you know, did you everybody know blizzards are actually gay? Like it's <laughs> like they could say that shit, but it doesn't. It's obviously doesn't matter because it's not a real thing. Uh, but they're just trying to make everybody go crazy on social media and be like, blizzards are gay, and then everybody's gonna be posting like, I got my gay blizzard. Bro, Eminem and McFlurries have been gay for forever, though, so... Yeah, we've known this. <laughs> <laughs> we've also, known this. Also, they're superior to Oreo McFlurries. Uh, dude, I will go to that point till I die. Oreo no. McFlurries are nonsense. They're nonsense? You don't like them? It's, it's dude, it's fucking... Because McDonald's ice cream is, like, Menza Menza. It's whatever. <laughs> it's not that great. And then you just add Oreos to it, and it's like, all right, I just got like oh, like the most, like, fucking middle ground, not good, not bad ice cream I've ever eaten, and it has Oreo bits in it. It's like, yeah, this is this is worth the two dollars and fifty cents I paid for it, I guess. But an M M&M and M McFlurry, dude. Yeah, that that yeah. gets my dick hard. Like, I would I would Someone leave said- my house at two in the morning to get an M M&M and M McFlurry. Dude, we have like five minutes left, and I you agree with me, so now I don't even know what to talk about for the next five minutes. I can't argue my Eminem McFlurry point. Dude. <laughs> I'm kidding. That shit's lit, though. The crunch to that. Oh it took, it took three episodes and 55 minutes of a, of a fourth for us to finally agree on something. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Eminem McFlurries that bridged the gap between two communities. I feel like I should have known this. Like We've been friends for long enough where I... I feel like this should have come up at some point, whether we be a drunk at McDonald's or sober at McDonald's or high at McDonald's or just at McDonald's in Farmville or some shit that we didn't talk. We did not talk about McFlurry. I I don't know how we didn't how we ever, uh, you know, became friends without talking about this. Honestly, I don't know why this wasn't conversation number one. You know, I I ask people when I meet them, Oreo or M&M, and they're like, what? I'm like, answer the damn question! And if they say Oreo, then I'm like, I don't need you in my life. Because you obviously guess, have uh, have fucked up priorities. I guess that question was overlooked when I met you. I was trying, I was talking to my parents Ow. about how we met. Like, we were, me and my parents were having a deep discussion about friendship and about, you know, uh, keeping people in your circle. And I, I was trying to tell them how we met. And, uh, <laughs> did you tell him like what happened? Well, I, I kind of, it's fuzzy, you know, <laughs> it, it kind of occurred to me that it's a little bit fuzzy. I was like, you know, what I remember is like this, I just was getting out of an elevator in the dorms and this dude just looked at me and I thought he was trying to fuck me. 
Like that's what, what? I thought. I, dude, yeah, that's when we when we first met. I thought you were trying to hook up with me. Oh yeah. It's like that. I didn't think of that then. Now I am definitely. But then, well, um, yeah. I mean, now now that we've established a friendship, you're you've been trying to get in there since since then. But <laughs> uh, when you you just looked at me and you're like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And you just introduced yourself and you were just so like, you know, flamboyant with your personality. And I, I was like, "Hey, what's up, dude?" And I didn't really have uh, too many friends. I had some like acquaintances I'd met so far. It was pretty early on. And uh, and you were like, "Do you smoke pot?" I was like, "Yeah." And you were like, "Do you want to smoke pot with me sometime?" I said, "Oh, yeah. No, I'd love to." And and I and I just went back to I went to wherever I was going, thinking like that dude's trying to fuck me. But he was also really nice. Like you gave me your Snapchat. Like we didn't have one conversation. You introduced yourself. Like it seemed like with the intention of giving me your Snapchat. Like you just saw me and you were like, "Dude, I got to give that guy my Snapchat." And I, it, I'm glad you did because like you're my best buddy. But I really thought you were trying to fuck me. Um, and then you smoked me out for like six months straight. <laughs> <laughs> You, sm- you smoked out like four people for six months straight. I just, I, you used all your money. <laughs> like, oh my god! I've, I went to that semester with two thousand dollars, twenty five hundred dollars cash. And I spent it all on money or fucking food, weed, and alcohol, like a dumbass. I mean, to be but fair though, fun. to be fair though, the, the, those early smokeouts, I wasn't a big stoner at that point before. Oh I met. my god, you would die! Yeah, I would take two, and then I'd be like, "I'm that's enough. That's good for me." <laughs> Bro, no shade, but you would get so paranoid. We'd be in the woods, and you're just like, "Someone there?" <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, "Is it the cops?" Like, the cops are coming in the woods. They're looking for us. I know it. I know it. I see the oh lights. <laughs> and you would die too. You would die. You would actually die from the cough. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember the two other people we uh, we smoked with would always kind of look at me funny. Like, is this guy? Who the fuck is this guy? Like, is he? He's a little bit sketchy. Just like, bro. I know you don't smoke anymore, but like seeing you evolve as a stoner, it's crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, because I I really when I met you, I did not smoke weed like that. Like I liked to smoke weed, but I'd I'd only ever really smoked weed on occasion. Um, cause I, I just never had the opportunities. I, I wasn't friends with stoners in high school. Um, I would have been if I, if I knew them, but I just didn't really, uh, gravitate towards those people. Yeah, I was the biggest one they got in my school. Hey, <laughs> but I, I never really smoked weed like that. And then, I mean, I, I became like a fiendy stoner in the process of knowing you. I just became so... I, like I could, I could smoke with the gods, man. I could smoke with the best <laughs> of them. I'm sorry if I got you on a bad track. I mean, obviously we're here. No, now. I was headed there. I was headed there. I mean, you you oiled up the fucking wheels, but I was headed down that track anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it kind of makes me sad. Like I don't remember that interaction you're talking about too well. I think I do. Like, hmm, it just makes me sad. I remember that remember vividly. It so well. I remember that vividly. I think I remember it. What day was it? Was it the first day? Second day? It was pretty close. It was so early that uh, in, it was just like in hindsight, it was just like you being friendly and trying to find smoking buddies early on. And um, and I was like, honestly, I, 
like it, it was kind of my half like it was in the back of my mind i was like this dude might be trying to fuck me like i like nobody just mm-hmm. nobody's ever really approached me like with that type of energy of just being so friendly for no reason and uh, after we hung out a, f- a few times i'm like dude i am so glad this guy introduced himself to me because i would have never made a close friend like that if you hadn't done that i would have just been out smoking cigarettes like ma- making simple acquaintances and never really would have made any true connections like you kind of opened up my mind to real friendship at college buddy giving me giving me tears in my eyes right now no it's true man it's true i'm I'm bearing my soul a little bit but i i do i i really thank you for that because that was uh i was really nervous going in that i was never gonna make any close friends because i'd never made any close friends in high school i had one close friend in high school the entire time uh, like the one guy from high school i still talk to and i i just kind of went into college thinking the same thing like i'm nobody really likes me for me nobody really likes oh me on a deep level i'm i'm not that guy i'm the acquaintance i'm the guy that everybody knows but nobody really hangs out with that's who i am that's who i've always been and then when you wanted to take like our friendship to a real deep level i i honestly had never even experienced that before and then you gave me a tab of acid a week later wow yeah i put that shit in the tongue yeah I was just, I was, I was, like, when I met you too, like, I didn't even know how we were, though, what we were gonna be. I was honestly a little iffy at sometimes, early on. But then, like, our friendship just solidified over the course of time, and then by, like, obviously we are where we're at now, and I love you forever, brother. No, that, that actually gave me, uh, made me nervous as well. I was like, I think I'm scaring this guy away. Like, I think I'm, I like, I've, I'd never really been that deep friends with somebody. So I was like, like, pretty early on, I was like, this guy's my best friend. Like, for sure, this guy's my best friend. But I would have never said that to you for the longest time. I wouldn't have said that to you because I, I was like, he's not going to say it back to me. Like, he's like, whoa, man, we, we're, we're just like college buddies. Like, I got my friends. Like, I, I thought that would 100% be your response. Like in that that lasted for like the first year of our friendship. I would have never called you to your face, my best friend. You're my best friend. You're my best friend, man. You're my best friend in the fucking world. You're my best fucking friend. Besides James, but he's also my brother. No, but you're my best friend. I mean, besides that uh that vacuum cleaner that I fashioned into a sex doll, <laughs> you're probably my best friend. I love that one too. That vacuum cleaner blows. Dude, it, dude, in she, a good way. Dude, she uh, she sucks it all up, man. And she's a great cuddler. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude, it's so crazy seeing you grow over the past fucking. I guess each other, because I'm not, I'm not you're not the only one that's grown. I'm fucking grown too. But like, it's just crazy seeing you guys grow together. Yeah, no, it, it really. I'm not really growing with anybody else but you. Like you, you are the the consistent rock in my life that has, that's just been there on a on a pretty daily basis. Where I, 
I, in a way, like compare myself to you a lot uh, in my own head, but also, but not, not in the way I've ever done with other people where I, you know, I always compare myself to other people. Like, am I as good as that person? But with you, it's like, I know I'm as good as you, but you're as good as me. Like we're, we're very much on an equal level of, and, and that's so, that's so stupid. The whole concept of being like, who's better than another person is ridiculous. But I, I, that was the first time with you that I've ever like kind of been able to eliminate that emotion of like, where am I on the social totem pole and just be like, Oh, we're just friends. Like we're just, you know, buddies. You'd have, yeah, no, I hear you. I love that. That makes me smile. Friendship shouldn't be hard, man. It's easy. Friendship with you, baby. Easiest. Yeah. Well, I wish we could talk about this for another hour. Maybe next week. Yeah, but that, we are. That that started and ended in two very different places. Yeah, that really did. <laughs> it always seems to. Two times two. That's a good one. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. If anybody's listening at this point and you and you actually know what the fuck he was saying at all, like I want you to reach out to both of us and let us like. I, I need yeah. I need to know if Mikey is out of his mind because I know Back Mikey's out of his mind, too. but I, I need to know how far. Fucking thing. <laughs> your times table equation, multiplication table equation. I swear, just snap him and snap me and comment. But that is enough for this week. Thank you all for listening. Carson, do you have any closing words? Uh, be kind to the people in your life, and. Be kind to those whose experiences you don't understand, even if you see them as different than you or as not as enlightened as you. Uh, just understand that you come from two different places, two different backgrounds, two different perspectives, and that always needs to be considered. Well said. Honestly, well fucking said. And then if I may add... um. I'm very glad you're my best friend, Carson. I'm glad and you're I'm my best friend, buddy. Together. But yeah, let's let's not drag this out any longer. Till next week, everybody. Take care. Love you guys. Peace.